Financially Free with Cleo. Hey, this is Cleo with CleoYogaFinance.com and welcome back for another episode of Financially Free with Cleo, a show where we shift mindsets with real and raw money conversations with everyday people, encouraging you to take action, appreciate the journey, and live the lifestyle you desire financially, mentally, and physically. Today we have a very special guest. She is New York born, Texas raised content creator, social media manager, and brand developer. With over 20 years in tech, her mission is to bring more creativity, vulnerability, and intentionality to digital spaces across the web. She loves traveling the world to learn and experience God in nature and people along the journey. So welcome, Yasmin Bedward, to the show. How are you doing today? I'm feeling good. I think that was my first time being introduced with my bio before my intro, so I feel really, like, fancy. Yes, yes, you should because you are just amazing. And I'm just so looking forward to this conversation uh, with you. And we'll just go ahead and jump right in there. So, you know, everyone who listens to this podcast, they love, they know that I love to start from our childhood, you know, just sharing, you know, how we grew up and how we learned about money. So you just tell us, you know, how was your childhood like, how you grew up and how did you first learn about money? Thank you. My childhood was very interesting. I'm a daughter of two immigrants. Both of my parents are British and then our family is also Jamaican. So we have a lot going on there. Um, But financially, because we had such a Christian background, was super religious, grew up in the church, like for real, for real. Um, we had to pay tithes. So any money that I got as a kid, even as a baby, you know, like when your uncle puts like $10 in your pocket, I had to pay tithes. And so that was my experience with money. And to this day, I still always take that 10% and do something with it, whether I'm donating it to a church or to a good cause. But that was me growing up with money. But that was pretty much the extent of it. I saw my mom budgeting and putting money in envelopes, but she didn't really explain that to me as much as she explained the sacrifice of giving 10% of what I earned back to God. And mm-hmm. so that has kind of kept me grounded in that, but that was, that was pretty much it. Yeah, that's so cool. So how often do you go back to visit uh, the other countries where your family's from? Well, before COVID, it was every year at least, because um, I still have family there. So and that, I think that's what started my interest in travels. Like I traveled, I think that was the only thing that I've done consistently my whole entire life mm-hmm. uh, was travel to England and travel to Jamaica and uh, throughout America. Oh, that is so cool. I just love to hear about people who are not originally from here and have family that are from other countries because sometimes people can be you know, so stuck in their hometown or their home state and may not want to venture out and explore, but it's just so much to learn out there. And there's so many people that are here that has ties to these other places that can really teach us a whole lot in our personal lives, in our professional lives. So I love that you have that experience, not just here, but in other places too. Yeah, it's really cool. And that's also like something else to learn about money as well. Now that I think about it, because that's three different currencies that I've always had to keep track of, like one dollar is a hundred Jamaican dollars. And that's Mm. pence in in um, British money. So it's like, I guess, yeah, maybe I kind of had more than just paying tithes as well. Yeah. And that's something to think about, too. Like you mentioned the currency. I know before I the first time I, before the first time I traveled internationally, you know, I'm just used to dealing with USD, US dollars. But then once you start to travel to other countries, you have to learn. And it's cool to learn. I enjoy the travel, uh, being a student of the traveling world, you know, but you do have to start keeping up with, well, how much is is this dollar, is the US dollar worth more or less in this country I'm traveling to? So that's just something else that you're learning along the journey. So that's so cool. Uh, So I would love to know, like, with your experiences, just from, you know, childhood, adult life, and even to present day, you know, what do you feel is one of your best money decisions? Stocks. 
Mm. I think stocks. Um, and also tithes. I think just having money that because what you give, you get more of. And so the more you give, the more you receive. That's not the reason you should do it, but energetically, it's like a universal exchange. But mm-hmm. also stocks. I was so afraid of stocks, so scared. It was so much to learn. And then also watching your videos and all of your content about investing, I was like, I really have to start to take this and my finances a lot more seriously than I do. So I think stocks was like my biggest and probably one of my best financial decisions I've ever made. Yeah, I love to hear it because I felt the same way. I feel um, I know some people feel like, oh, it's too late to start because that's how I felt, but it's not, you know, you can start with whatever you have. You don't have to have a whole lot, like millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars. You can start where you are. And then the more income you earn, the more you can invest. And what really opened my eyes was when people explained it to me thinking, okay, well, Cleo, what do you already spend your money on? You know, like I have an iPhone, you know, I wear Nike shoes and clothes and then I stuff that I spent around the house you know the company that makes my deodorant or the who, who made my appliance in my kitchen so when people are saying hey you know start thinking about places where you're already spending your money and do you like those companies and do you feel like those companies will be around for a, for a long time so to me I felt the same way I felt like it was a lot of information it's overwhelming but when they when people start when you start to learn about it and then break it down, like, you know what, this is, this can be some everyday stuff. You know, it can be a little intimidating at first, but once you start to see the benefit of investing, then you start to want to learn more about it. And of course, just taking it one day at a time, not that we have to know all the things at one time, but I'm glad you said that because I think more people are wanting to learn more about it because we don't want to just earn money just to pay bills, right? <laughs> no, we have to live very lavish lives, okay? And mm-hmm. they cost money. And I was yes. so scared of stocks. I'm not like a math kind of person. <laughs> I'm not really that great with numbers. Like I use a calculator to add four plus six. I don't care. Y'all can judge me. Um, <laughs> but, but so I was so I was really afraid of it and I've had people throughout my life kind of tell me I need to do it and then I just thought also culturally I'm like I don't see many black people talking about stocks many women talking about investing and so once I got once I got into it enough like I still don't know certain terms I'm not like the stock is but uh (laughs) once I got into it it's like fun I'm just watching my money grow sometimes it dips Mm -hmm. and you know it just it's like a fun game Yes, yes, most definitely. And I think just the fact that you said you're you're still learning and no one none of us are perfect. Even us financial people, we don't know everything. We're still continuing to you of course using our experience that we have, but we're still learning and growing and, and as you can see from what you've learned, there's something new to learn every day when it comes to investing. So the fact that we're just still making progress and taking it one step at a time is what's the most important. So I'm glad that you got into that and continuing to learn. And I would also love to know your, what do you feel is your worst financial mistake? And I know sometimes, you know, we may not want to think about, oh, the worst, but even, even if you feel like something is a negative financial experience or the worst, I still feel like you could gain something from it. Cause you, whatever situation was, you learn something from it and you can use it towards the next opportunity, or you still was able to uh, learn and grow from it. So it may be a worse financial mistake, or you may feel like it's a negative experience, but there's still something from that you could be grateful for and learn from. So I would love to know what you feel is one of your negative financial experiences. Yeah, for sure. And I agree. There was definitely a lesson there for me. Um, my One of my worst financial mistakes was getting into investment properties too early um, and mm. in the wrong space. So when you aren't going to be living in the property that you are investing in, there are rules and regulations that you have to apply. And I tried to get away with them. Uh, and I shouldn't have done that. I knew that, but I was like, you know, let's risk it and let's do it. Um, and so now I know that the next mm-hmm. time that I'm in a financial position to invest in another property, 
that I'll be just a little bit smarter. I'll probably try to own something instead of trying to rent it um, and just mm -hmm. make sure it's in like a more stable environment, maybe not in an apartment building, but maybe like a house where I can have a little bit more freedom to kind of do what I want to do with the space. But that was probably it. Yeah. And I, and I like the fact that you acknowledge, you know, hey, I think I got into this a little early. And I think that is something that helps us on our next opportunity. So whenever you do purchase property and have another real estate investment property, I'm sure you're going to use those lessons learned to yeah. have a better experience. And I know that you, you shared uh, some of the journey on social media. And I think that's really important, too, is that, hey, yes, you know, we're all sharing our, our wins and stuff on social media, but it's really important to share the journey with people to show that, hey, this is something that, hey, it didn't really work out as planned, but you know what, that's okay because there's other opportunities that are gonna be there for me and I'm gonna use what I learned from this experience. So anyone else out there listening can help, that, that will help them know, hey, you know what, let me make sure Yes, people say real estate investment is great, but is this a great investment for me right now in this yeah. way? Is it a different way that's going to be better for me? So I just like that we can reflect on our experiences so it can help us make better decisions for the future. Yeah, a lot goes into it because you're responsible for yourself, your property, and the person that's going to be renting it or living there mm -hmm. or staying in it or having a party there or whatever. And it's all in your name and it's on your credit. And so you just you just have to be very, very careful. It's very hard being a landlord. Um, and, and now I know, now I know. It was cute and everyone's selling the courses about this and that and, <laughs> this and that. I'm like, yes, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna buy this. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, no, they don't coach you the whole way. So yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. now I know. And yes, I shared it all on social media. If anyone follows me on social media, which I highly recommend, I put all my business out there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sharing the journey. That's what it's about. And I think that lets other people know that nobody, none of us are perfect. You know, we're all learning as we're going to. Yeah, we're experiencing some great things, got some wins, you know, running businesses, doing all these things. But there are times when things don't work out the way we plan. And I know for me, I used to be so hard on myself when I try to do something and it didn't work out. But now I realize that, you know, if, if it doesn't work out, even if I feel sad about it or if I cry, I just get it out. And I'm like, Cleo, okay, what's next? Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do next? You know, of course yeah. we're, um, we're human. So it's healthy to acknowledge our feelings and emotions about stuff. But, you know, we don't want to stay, you know, in the negative emotions. We yeah. want to let it out, release talk to the therapist or a friend if we need to, and then figure out, okay, what's the next uh, move? So yeah. that's how I, I feel like I respond to things differently now when things don't work out in a certain way. So even with your experience with that rental property, girl, the next one, it's going to be bomb. And it's going to be uh, not just financially, but time and energy. Like you mentioned, being a landlord, being responsible for other people, that can be a lot of uh, weight on you. So when you have a previous experience that can help you uh, manage it in a different way, that's going to work out for you. So it yes. was definitely worth the experience to learn from it, of course. Sure, for sure. Yeah. And with real estate, I know that's one of the reasons, one of the ways people think of financial freedom too, is having investment property. So uh, other than having the rental property, what's some other ways, like how do you define financial freedom? What do, what do those words mean to you? Financial freedom means to me that I don't have to transfer money from one account to the next account before I get to the register, okay? <laughs> Amen? <laughs> and so, you know, I hate the feeling of like, oh man, the the bill is coming. Let me just pull up my account right now and just put the money because I know I ordered this and mm -hmm. I only had $32 and I got $60 worth of food. Um, uh -huh. So that is, to me, financial freedom is just being able to swipe the card and not think about it or not have to transfer funds. I'm so over that. I need to, <laughs> I'm working oh. on <laughs> Yeah, I can relate to because I know... It's, it's kind of, and not just from your in your checking account, but even when you try to save a little money, you know, you have you put some in saving. Like I used to feel so happy about putting twenty dollars, fifty dollars in my savings account, 
and wouldn't wouldn't stay there for long because mm-hmm. my money, my checking account was it's it's gone now. <laughs> and I don't have any more money coming in this week. So I know that feeling and yeah. it's not a good feeling. Like when I was younger, um, you know, it was kind of like funny almost. Yeah. But then once you start getting more real bills and responsibilities and you're trying to be an adult and you want to do certain things and you have to realize. Like I told myself, Cleo, you, you, you can't keep doing this. So when you said that, that, that triggered something inside of me. It was like a flashback. Like I, I know exactly how that feels and having financial freedom to just swipe your debit card and not have to always see, do I have the funds available? Um, and when you mentioned making sure, like, you know, you, you say you have like $32, like sometimes your available balance is not really what... <laughs> and it's so funny transactions the pending transactions yes when they hit you like yeah it's that that feeling but it's it's lessons learned right now we're at a position where we we in our in our personal finances and business finances we want to be able to spend money and not have to worry about those pending transactions sitting there ready to hit that account because we don't want to see that negative, you know? And um, I remember years ago, I had my my checking account set up to where if it got to $0, it would send me like the notification. I said, I'm so sick of these emails telling me my account is at zero, (laughs) took that notification off. But what I realized it was helpful because who wants to keep seeing your account has reached zero dollars so I just think things that we can reflect on really helps us in the present day because I would feel good like for example I have an apartment um, here in Dallas that I'm living in and I pay my rent on time or in advance and I remember when I could when I would pay my rent late all the time Mm. when I say late I not only a couple of days I mean before they file for eviction late (laughs) and or and it's like now that I pay it on time it it feels good like that's one of my financial freedom goals like I don't want to just make money to pay bills either but when you know you can pay certain things and you're not even tripping yeah I'm like you know what I, I, I'm actually paying this on time. Even today, I still, I just feel good paying it because I know it really wasn't that long ago when I, I mean, I guess it it feels like it was like probably at least 10 years, but it it still feels like yesterday sometimes. That's the thing about finances. It can be very scary because once you come from a space of lack or, um, brokenness um you can it it feels like it's gonna happen again at any moment and so it does feel like that 10 years can feel like just two months ago yeah it sure can and even me I still have to check myself and say Cleo uh like when you start thinking about scarcity and the limiting beliefs and negative money thoughts like I still have to I still have things in place that I need to give me positive financial reinforcement to let me know that, Hey, I'm not trying to go back there. I can reflect and be proud of myself, but I still want to acknowledge things that people may think is something small, like me still paying my rent on time. That's still huge. Good for me, you know, because once upon a time (laughs) I was trifling (laughs) and didn't pay my money. Even when I had the money, I was still paying late knowing darn well, that I'm gonna have to pay it anyway. But when you said that, that just reminded me, and I'm sure there's other people out there that can relate to. Yeah. Yeah. And I really want to touch on um, the the yoga training that we had. So back in December, 2018, y'all, we yeah. met at a yoga teacher training when we were in Koh Samui, Thailand. We were there for almost a month, basically. And we all had different stories, different journeys. And I really liked everything that you shared. Um, And I feel like we all had a transformation during that experience. And we learned a lot. Um, And of course, the connections that we made with each other was amazing, was great. But I really want to know, after the training, you were going around to different countries, exploring backpacking to you know across different countries so I would love to know you know what made you decide to do that and where did you go and what did you learn from that experience 
Yeah, for sure. It was a transformation. And just seeing everyone now, even you, I'm just like, we've grown so much. It feels like, like we were talking <laughs> about that 10 years ago, it feels like just yesterday. Like, yeah. wow, I can't believe that. Um, so what, what triggered that was I was listening to this podcast called Black Girl Unknown with Lauren Nash and Dion Ivory. Um, they're two black women. They were based out of Chicago, I want to say at the time. Okay. Um, and they were talking about, you know, black stuff, black girl wellness and realness and all that good stuff. And they were talking about um, yoga teacher trainings mm. led by other black women. And so I knew I wanted to become a yoga teacher, but I knew I wanted to be taught by a black woman, period. Um, and so once I found out about the yoga teacher training and found out that it was going to be international, I had already had a bug in my ear that I wanted to backpack sometime in my life. Like I need to have mm -hmm. this experience. And then I knew I wanted to become a yoga teacher. I knew I wanted to be taught by a black woman. And so it kind of just was in alignment. And so mm -hmm. Thailand was the beginning of that journey. And I kind of went from Thailand to ooh, so many other countries. I was out and from like November, December till about April. Um, and mm -hmm. I went from Thailand to Singapore, Malaysia, uh, Bali, Cambodia. Mm. Um, and then I did a few stops in Europe. So London, Italy, Paris, and then I uh, came back home to New York. Mm. Wow. That is, that's a lot of places. Yeah. But yeah. And that's something that is on my at the top of my list to do. So my daughter, you know, I have, I'm a single mom and my daughter's the only child and she graduates this year in May. So after that, I'm really not going to have to be responsible for someone full time anymore. Man, <laughs> so man. never this close to her graduating, I was like, you know what, I think it's time. But with COVID, you know, I, I don't know. I see how that's not going to work like I anticipated. So I'm hoping things change with that. But I think back to your journey, because I know you used to share it and post about it. And I was like, that is so cool to be able to explore to other countries. And the first thing people think about is how can someone afford that or how much does it cost? You know, it's expensive to be in one city in the U.S. So it doesn't have to cost millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars to travel. And actually other countries, you can actually, the cost of living is cheaper than the U.S. So how did you, um, how did you plan with like financial wise? Did you already have money saved for the trip or did you just have a certain amount that you was like, you know what, I'm only spending this amount of money in each country. How did you balance the, the, the money going to each country? That was, okay. Let's get into this. Everybody pull up a seat. Let's get a hot beverage. That was initially the plan. The plan yeah. was to have $1,000 for every month that I was going to be away. So at least $6,000 in my checking, savings, whatever account so that I could live, eat, explore, all that good stuff. I ended up leaving New York City with 700 and I think $750 and like my mom's credit card. How that happened? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know how I did it. I, I really don't even know. And when we talk about manifestation, I was just so called to do this. Like, I just felt like I needed to be in Asia. I, I have no real explanation, no tangible explanation. I just felt drawn to it. Yeah. And it, it just worked out. Like, when it comes to like paying for things like yoga teacher trainings and retreats, those things are not very affordable a lot of the time, especially in the financial space that I was in at the time. Mm -hmm. But scholarships became available. Things just started to just happen and flow. And when I thought I couldn't, I'm like, I'm not gonna make this final payment. I would get calls that were like, hey, you just got a grant. And it, it just happened for me. Um, and I think, again, it goes back to paying tithes because mm. even though no matter how much money I have, that 10% has to come out or else I'm going to burn in a pit of fire. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> but, you know, some of our Kojic folks who might be listening understand how, you know, the, the church can really threaten us with, you know, some severe mm -hmm. consequences when we don't follow certain rules. And so no matter how 
what what financial situation I was in, the ties were getting paid. I was still writing down every single day, I will be backpacking these countries, I will visit these places. I just wrote it down every single day. And I used to uh, commute from New Jersey to New York where I worked in the city. And every day on my way to work, and I never spoke this story before, oh my goodness. But every day on my way to work, I would say that thing that I wrote down. And I, mm-hmm. I can't remember what it said, but it was basically like, I traveled the world. It was actually a portion on there where it was like, and I come back and I, t- I talk about it. So it's so crazy I'm talking wow. about it now. Um, if I find <laughs> it, I'll, I'll try to send it to you in, ca- in case you want to include it in the notes or anything. But mm-hmm. I just constantly wrote it down. I constantly paid my tithes. I constantly said it to myself on my way to work, even like walking in the city. People, you know, mm-hmm. people might think I had headphones on, I was listening to music and I wasn't. I was just constantly reciting that affirmation over and over and mm-hmm. over again. I'm a backpacker. I traveled the world. I had these experiences. I came back safely, mm-hmm. all just constantly saying it. And I, I just went. I just went yeah. with that, that, that money that I had. I paid for everything that I could in advance. So mm-hmm. before I left, I had my yoga teacher training paid for. I also went on a womb healing retreat in um, Indonesia. I made sure mm-hmm. I had that paid for before I left. And like any sort of hotel, not hotel, because I didn't say in any hotels, but any Airbnb or hostel, I tried to make sure I paid for that in advance and um, mm-hmm. any sort of tr- lodge, um, excuse me, travel. So any plane tickets, bus tickets, I try to have it all paid for in advance. Mm-hmm. Now, thankfully, my mom made me do that before I went because she was like, you are my only begotten son and you are not going to be, I need to know where you are at all times. So I kind of had an itinerary typed out, planned out. Everyone in my family and my close friends had access to it just in case like you're overseas, you might lose Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. electricity, connection, which happened all the time, especially in Indonesia. And mm-hmm. so everyone knew where I was, no matter if they heard from me or not. And okay. so I just made sure that all of those stops were paid for. And then that $700 was my spending money. And now <laughs> I made it work. I made it work. Yes. Oh, oh my God. I, I love that you talked about the manifestation. Because I think a lot of us can be so caught up on, oh, I need to have this perfect plan or I need to have X amount of dollars saved. But there are now having a plan is great, but sometimes you're going to have to go ahead and make a move even when you're not ready. And it can be scary, but sometimes you still have to do it because like you said, grants became available, scholarships, it just worked out. And I think sometimes people just don't, get that type of mindset like sometimes like every time you're not going to be 100% ready like you're never going to yeah. be 100% ready to be honest and I just think back to like for example the first time I relocated the first time I was so terrified because I didn't have x amount of dollars saved actually I didn't have no, nothing saved all I had was my last paycheck from my last job and that was it yes. no money saved no investments I just had my last check from my last job I had and I'm from Nashville Tennessee and the first time I relocated I went to Miami Florida and Miami Florida it can be expensive and I didn't know, I didn't know where I was going to live and I have a child mm. and I did have a job when I went there but in my mind, it didn't pay a lot of money, especially going to Miami, Florida, but I just did it anyway. I, I was just like, you know, I need a change. I know I need to change my life in so many areas. And I feel like one of the things I need to do is relocate to a new place. It, like I literally did not know where I was going to live. And people thought I was crazy because they were like, what type of mother are you? You supposed to be stable. You don't have this and that. And I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> so I'm just, I, I'm, I'm going to do this. But what happened is stuff happened at the right time. And now that I look back from that was back in 2013. And then when I come back till today, every time I just did it anyway, stuff did work out like that is so true. So y'all out there listening, like you don't have to have the perfect plan. Don't waste time waiting on the perfect situation or having a certain amount of money. If you take that first step, like you, like you mentioned, money will come from places that you didn't even expect. Like it it still happens for me today. Like sometimes when I feel like I'm hesitating to do something, 
I'm like, Cleo, just do it anyway. It, it, it's going to work out the way it's supposed to. Even yeah. if it's not the way you want it to, you're going to realize it, it was supposed to happen that way for a reason. So I'm so glad that you touched on that, that you didn't have a perfect plan. You didn't have $10,000 in the bank setting aside just to go and explore. You said you had $700 and some people would be terrified to go out of the country, let alone to another city with yeah. 700 but you have to learn that you have to take risks like that yeah. if you really want bigger and better things out of life. So I love that you shared that because it could be done, but you have to have that um, risk-taking mindset that, hey, whatever you want to do, and you say you said it every day. And my mom told me to say certain things that I want and you telling me to say it like you said it to yourself, that's another reminder for me. See, I'm learning too. That's another <laughs> reminder for me to, you have to say these things. Like there is power in the words that we say, what, how we feel about ourselves, what we think. And that just goes to show that no matter where you are or what you're trying to do, you do have to change your mindset and actually be intentional with your thoughts and the words that you speak. So I, I just love it. Going backpacking, I'm going to do that. With, with COVID, I'm now I'm trying to figure out how to make this work because well, I know there's still travel bans in certain places. Yeah. I, I, someone reached out to me just yesterday about uh, backpacking as well. And I mean, now's not the time, especially to go to Asia, but nationally, yeah. you totally can. So whatever country or continent that you are in, anyone who's listening, like take advantage of your state, your country, like explore there. Like if you've never been to Arizona, go there. If you've never been to Utah, if you want to go to Salt Lake City, like do all that stuff because you can. Um, yeah. But trying to go overseas is just a little bit tricky. It can be done and I have done it. I wear my mask, I'm being safe, but it's just so hard. It takes all the fun out of it. Yeah, because even if you can go to certain places, the experiences may not be the same with the restrictions and the mask. And if there's certain like activities you want to do, some are like closed or even if they are open, it's like they have that capacity, a limit of a certain number of people. So at this point, you're just like, yeah. You know, so you're right. I do like the fact that you mentioned exploring your, your own country, your own state, your own city, because I haven't been to Utah, but I've seen some great places in Utah right? and I, and I like the outdoors. Well, I like the outdoors, but I don't like bugs and stuff. Like, <laughs> it's really crazy. I was telling another friend about this, how I've never been like camping outside and I've always said I wanted to do it just to say I did it. But knowing me, I would be in a cabin at night. <laughs> And then in the daytime, camping explore. So fun. I love camping. I look forward to it every single time I go. Yeah. It's the best. But yeah, yeah. I'm like, I love summer, but bugs, ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's like a whole nother, like I act like a big crazy kid running around looking crazy, but I still like the outdoors. So the fact that you mentioned places like Utah, people would think like when I used to live in Colorado, people back home from my hometown was like, Cleo, why are you in Colorado? There's no black people there. And I'm like, first of all, it is black people here. They may not be the majority. We may not be the majority there, but there's black people there. But I think people should do more exploring than what they're used to. Like don't not go to a place because you don't feel like it's a lot of people that look like you there. You should still go and explore and it's not trending I see a lot of that like a lot of Instagram oh she went there I want to take pictures there like, <laughs> that's all they did there most likely right <laughs> just just for the the Instagram yeah. <laughs> the Instagram shots <laughs> that's all but okay that is so cool so I'm glad you shared that anybody out there that wants to travel more just do it you know don't feel like you have to have a whole lot of money set aside just go out there and do it and just live your life and have a good time and don't think too hard about it. <laughs> That's just it. So going to your, your career that you have now, and I, I love all that you do. Like the way you teach business owners, entrepreneurs like myself, you make it fun and you're very creative. You know, we see all kinds of eBooks and videos out there teaching about branding as an entrepreneur and about how to use social media. And some of it can be kind of like blah, 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 boring, but you make it so fun to watch. And it's, it's kind of funny because it's like, I've been able to meet you in person. And then it's like, when I watch you on social media, I'm like, this girl just 
she is like naturally like you don't like when you're not even trying to be funny you hilarious so the fact that you can get laughs and get some information to help your business that's like a super win so I would love to know how did you get into being a traveling social media manager and a brand developer and what do you love most about it Oh, thank you. And thank you for that compliment. Seriously, people, my friends have convinced me to start doing stand up. So we'll see what that journey is like in this year. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what's interesting is this idea of becoming a traveling social media manager was actually birthed while we were in Asia. I think you looked over my very first email that I was like, I want to send this to someone. I'm like, is it right? <laughs> yeah, that was so funny. Yes, I, I remember that. I remember that yes. moment. So part of that happened because I wanted to continue my travel, but because I only had $700, <laughs> I knew I needed you know, more money. Um, and yeah. so I was like, what type of work can I do remotely, creatively, that sort of fuels me, that helps me feel good. I was teaching yoga while I was in Asia and traveling, but um, it wasn't as financially lucrative for me at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and so I needed more, more money faster. And there were so many businesses out there. There were so many other entrepreneurs, other entrepreneurs, the influencer scene was huge back then. And everyone sort of needed help with how to navigate that, that space, how to put content online, how to properly upload things. And I kind of just had that information just sitting on. Um, and so I just started to just use my voice again and and teach about it and talk about it and I was really trying to be very conversational because it to me it's kind of simple right so it's like in order to make money on social media you have to use social media so I just would say it and and people responded well to it um and it and it kind of just took took over from there um and then I mm -hmm. I always curated my feed a certain way and just using my Instagram page as like a model, like I can do it for myself, I can do it for you as well. And then, yeah, sending out those cold emails that you helped me draft uh, <laughs> while we were in Thailand. Uh, yeah. And just, yeah, constantly just reaching out to people, emailing people, brands, businesses, like every company, every company has a social media page. Swiffer, Wet Jet, your, your secret deodorant, Dove, always everybody has a has a social media page and i'm i promise you not one single ceo is managing that account they need a social media manager to do that and so i was reaching out to everybody every brand everybody from shake shack and to like <laughs> you know just every influencer uh people in the medical field like everyone sort of needed that help a, a bit and so Mm -hmm. That's kind of what started it. It's like I was I was initially just paying for my next excursion or like my next <laughs> flight or my next hotel or whatever if I wanted a drink or if I wanted mm -hmm. to eat out instead of trying to cook, you know, yep. I needed finances to do that. And it, it kind of started off that way. And I knew I wanted to continue my travel and continue to do work that I could do remotely. And so it, it sort of turned into me being the traveling social media manager. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that. And you do a, a, an amazing job of it. And I now realize just for me trying to level up my own content and my business, now I see why there's a need for what you do. Now I see how it's a whole full-time job, really like a hundred jobs in one, because it's a lot to manage. And I remember years ago when people would think, oh, people hire people to do that. People pay people to do that. And now people see that is, that's a skill like that, that a lot of creativity, a lot of skill, a lot of experience. So uh, I think some people underestimate the power of social media, uh, especially, you know, years ago, but now people are seeing people, that's where the money is. Where the money resides. <laughs> yes, that is where the money resides. <laughs> like so seriously, like the first thing that people are going to do, no matter what type of industry, no, no matter what, they're going to go to your social media page or they, yeah, they'll go to your website, but a lot of times they'll go to your social media first and they'll look there before your website sometimes. So if you have that on point, that's, that'll be like a huge game changer. So I do see the value in professionals like you, because it can be a lot for, like you meant, like you said, the CEO is not 
handling that. <laughs> they don't have time. They, they pay someone else to do that so they can focus on other things. And they pay someone who is experienced like you, who can get the job done and increase their sales and engagement and just brand awareness and all that stuff. So I know you also share on your, uh, with your business, the gram guides, which I love. For those, yes, got the shirt on. And, you know, there's people out there, you know, that know about it. But for those out there who are new, uh, tell us what is a gram guide and how can we use it to elevate our businesses? Yes. So speaking of financially free and things that we spend our money on and investments, I understand that, yes, I'm not. I'm no longer like a broke backpacker trying to pay for a meal. <laughs> I now have an established business with a whole team and we're running a whole entire branding agency. A lot of the times those services aren't available to people because of their financial financial situation, but I still want to help them. So what I do is I create a lot, a lot of free content on my platform. That's what I'm telling everybody, come through and follow me, follow the kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I provide a lot of free content. And in these gram guides, I sort of jam pack them with ways that you can grow your social media, ways that you can make money on social media and ways that you can use your community that you already have uh, your platform and all that good stuff to sort of grow and market and manage your business in a better way. So gram guides are just information. It's like free, it's free smoke, but it's not like the, the, the typical free content where it's like, oh, get the rest of it by doing all this extra stuff. No, it's full of information because I know what that is like to want help, to need help, but you're not in the position financially to sort of work with me on you know, on a certain kind of level. So the free information is good information and it's information that I use for my brand and it's information that I still provide to my clients to this day. Yes, I love them. Like whenever you drop those gram guides, I'm like, that's when you know you have good content when you, when the free content is fire. Cause I'm like, well, how much more possibly can she give us? Like, that's what makes people want the pay. Cause they're like, if this is free, I know the paid is going to be worth my time, energy, and money. Um, last last summer, I believe it was, um, you had the 90-day content calendar, and I purchased that, and that was definitely a game changer for me, and I think, could you just share really quick, like, what the importance of having, like, a plan and, like, scheduling things that you're going to share uh, with your audience versus just going with the flow, random posting. Yeah. Oh, random posting. I, I had <laughs> someone reach out to me and they were like, yeah, I just post with my intuition. I'm like, oh, intuition. <laughs> I love that you have intuition, beloved, but <laughs> that is not going to get your coins all the way together. And I think that's what is really helpful. It's like having someone that's going to honor your business, honor the, the goals that you have, honor your intention, but also mm -hmm. be thinking about your business on the back end because intuition don't pay bills too much. And so what <laughs> I wanted to, <laughs> um, so with what I wanted to do with the 90 day content calendar is sort of give my audience uh, like a starting point, right? So yes, it's important that you tell your story, but there's a way to do it. There's a way that you can roll it out. There's a way that you can um, get people to know, like, and understand and trust you. There's a way that you can use your voice in certain spaces to make sure that you're grabbing people's attention. The same way that I'm telling a story now and people are like, oh my gosh, you're so hilarious. This is so great. I love it. I love it. I'm teaching you how to do the same. And I think the thing that uh, would help with that is just having a plan and having a schedule. So typically when a client works with me, I do 30 days of their content at one time so that no matter what, for the next 30 days, we have our content all the way together. Of course, if something pops up, we're gonna read the room, it's Black Lives Matter, they uh, tearing down the Capitol, we're not gonna you know, put certain content out there, but at least we have a base so that no matter what, mm -hmm. we're still gonna be consistent. So what I did with the 90 day content calendar was just drop 90 ideas. So no matter what your business is, no matter what your brand is, no matter what your niche is, it's all about storytelling, right? Mm -hmm. Introducing yourself to your audience. I had a conversation with a friend the other day. She was like, you know all your followers? I'm like, yeah. Every time I get a new follower, I send them a voice note. 
Mm. I'm like, hey girl, thanks for coming through. Like, you have any questions, <laughs> like leave a message and let me know. That turns into a conversation. We're mm. friends, beloved. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are we yes. doing? And so it, it's just really helpful to, to put yourself out there and to be transparent and to be vulnerable. Like, you can't just come out on the scene and just drop a product and just expect people to like it. Who are you? What is your brand? Why do you believe in it? Why should I shop there? Like, you have to mm -hmm. start to tell those stories no matter what your products are. So in the 90-day content calendar, I kind of give everyone ideas and starting points for ideas for captions, ideas for content, photos, how to put it all together and like lay it all out. Um, and, mm -hmm. and I break it all down that way. I could talk about this. Oh, I love this stuff because it's so <laughs> important. Like being yeah. transparent, being vulnerable, sharing your story in a creative way. Like it's so important. And that's what's going to make you money. Not the cute, aesthetically appealing photos. It's the truth behind all of that. Yeah, I love that. And I think a lot of people entrepreneurs can be really overwhelmed because there's so many tips out there. So many people with products giving you tips and advice. Some people come with the real straight to the point like you. And then you have others who kind of give you the fluff and you're like, did this really even yeah. help me? So it's really uh, helpful for entrepreneurs like myself and others to really connect and find with people that actually can teach them something. And, and actually you genuinely want to see other business owners win. You're not just slapping something together and just trying to get the money. Of course, money is important because, Hey, if you want to keep having me keep and providing value, gotta have, gotta earn income in the business, but, but you don't just, it's, people aren't just another number with mm -hmm. you. You actually want to see your clients, when you know whether they are a large company or if they're a, a solo running operation in their business so that's what I love about you like you say you leave a voice note just when someone follows they feel seen they feel welcomed mm -hmm. and I think that's important and people are more willing to spend their money when they know that they that someone cares yeah. about them in some way and I just want to talk really quickly about the number because people get really hung up on like, I want 10K followers and da da da, da. And so, Or it's like, I only have 50 followers. I'm like, if there were 50 people in your house right now, you would feel very overwhelmed. And so <laughs> it's honoring those people. They're coming into your social space. It's, mm -hmm. yes, it's social media and it's an app, but this is your home base. This is where you also spend the most of your time, typically. Most people mm -hmm. spend a lot of their time on social media. So for people not to be taking advantage of that, and then for people not to honor that, like that's just like mm -hmm. somebody walking through my door right now and I'm just gonna sit here and not look at them. Why wouldn't I say hi? Why wouldn't I acknowledge them? Why wouldn't I thank them for coming over? Girl, here's some slippers, some house shoes, you want some tea? You know, like- yes. Get comfortable because to me, it's more than that. And one of the first things I always have people do, clients do, and I talk about it on my own Instagram all the time, is about having an Instagram intention. Don't mm -hmm. just be another number on the app. Like, really maximize your opportunity in that space. Yes. Oof. You broke it down. <laughs> Y'all listening out there, if you already have a business or you're thinking about starting one, please follow Yasmin Bedward because she's dropping a whole lot of gems on this podcast episode and you can get even more on social media as well so thank you so much for sharing that and you even gave some reminders for myself because even me like I sometimes get overwhelmed with managing it all but then I have my tools and resources I can refer back to like with my content calendar from you and even going to your page and reviewing some of the gram guides you've already shared and your YouTube page as well so I think that you do an amazing job at what you're doing and I'm looking forward to what's coming in the future with you and your business. <laughs> so I also want to just learn a little bit more about you. So these are just a few quick questions I'm going to ask so we can learn a little bit more about Yasmin. Uh, so whatever is the first thing that comes to mind that is the answer, just share with us. So I know we may kind of touch on it a little bit, but traveling. So you've been to a lot of places, but out of all the places you've been to, what is the the most favorite place you've traveled to? And what's one place you haven't been to yet that you're looking forward to visiting? 
haven't been to Africa, not a single country in Africa. And I feel so guilty about that. Just because <laughs> I'm black and I've like been all over Europe. Um, one of my favorite places was probably Cambodia. Mm. And not for, it's just, it's interesting. If anyone has an opportunity to visit there, I, I say beware, but they're living so differently. Like so mm. much tragedy has happened in that space and you can see it in everyone's eyes and, and you can smell it in the air. It's, it's, wow. it, it's very interesting that, that, that place. Um, yeah. Wow. Cambodia. I've never been there either, but I would love to experience that too um and do you remember how long you stayed there when you went oh maybe like a week or two okay um and I went to uh so there was like this huge it's not a, a happy story it's not also like a fun place to go so disclaimer right okay <laughs> so much to learn about the people there and and their journey and their experience and and yeah like yeah, I learned a lot about Cambodian hair too as well and, and just mm. see a lot. You see a lot. And so yeah. Yeah. Learn, if you want to learn a lot, I say go to Cambodia. Okay, cool. Uh, I'll put that on my list. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so what is your favorite food? Ooh, chicken wings. <laughs> Ooh, see, I'm getting hungry right now just thinking about it. <laughs> Okay, what is the what is your most favorite thing to do that doesn't involve earning money? Uh, Instagram. Instagram. Okay, cool. How did I know that? <laughs> <laughs> I really love it. Really yeah, love it. that's when you know you really enjoy something when you'll do it and you're not necessarily been paid for it. Although you can be, but that's when you know you really love something. You can do it anytime. All right. So what's your favorite season? Spring, winter, summer, or fall? Summer all day. <laughs> yes. I do not like being cold. Me either. Okay. Being from New York. Record Yeah. See, <laughs> I don't like, I don't like cold either. I love summer. Like you're, the, I think you're the only other person I know that, that, that say they like the summer. Everyone else is like, they like the winter or or fall or spring, but no, I haven't heard anyone else say summer because people say it's hot and miserable. And you know, I'm in Texas, so you know the summers can be hot, but I like to be hot. So I just I don't like to be cold. I don't like buying coats and um I mean I like scarves and boots and stuff. It's cute fashion wise, but honestly, I'd rather have my summer clothes on. <laughs> so. Almost always. We'll always pick a slip dress over a pea coat. Always. Like, yes. <laughs> I don't mind being super, super hot. Like I thrive in that climate. Even when it's like sweltering and I get sweat everywhere, I would much rather enjoy that than being bundled up with my shoulders up to my ears. Like, oh, <laughs> right. Hats and gloves. <laughs> I'm with you on that too. All right. So last one here. If you had $500,000 today, what is the first three things you would do? I would pay my rent. Mm. I would pay my bills. I would pay my team. Mm. I would pay my tithes. Not in that order though, because you know. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and then I'll like invest or save the rest. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I love that. Got to take care of that team. Yes. <laughs> put in some work. <laughs> All right. So now we have financial affirmation cards. So I'm Ooh. just going to pull a random financial affirmation card. And I just want you to tell me how it makes you feel and how does it relate to your own personal or professional journey? I'm All so right. excited about this. It's like a tarot card reading, but financial. Right. I am in competition with no one. Oh, period. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I really, when I see other people, I never think competition. I always think community. Like if I see mm. another beautiful person or another rich person, I'm always like, girl, let's hang out. Teach me how to be pretty and rich like you. Yes. That never is so funny that I pulled that one. I literally shuffled them before and I just pull a random one. When I saw that, I was like, Wow. And sometimes people may wonder, how does that relate to finances or anything like that? But it relates in a huge yeah, way. I'll never try to buy a Birkin bag right now. Like I'm, and I know, 
no no shame <laughs> it's because i see people really killing themselves financially to match up or to compete with the next person and it's just like oh my gosh forever 21 has cute stuff too like we don't have to you know what i'm saying yes and yeah i can't i i really don't look at what anyone's doing i i pull from i pull from it inspiration goals yes. something will go on my vision board in a heartbeat but for me to like one up on somebody is like, it's a waste of time, energy and money in, in my opinion. Mm, yes, that is so true. And I think we all, anyone listening out there should remind yourselves that we're not in competition with anyone. Just like you say, you may look at others, you know, for the inspiration, but you're not trying to spend money and do certain things just to compete with the next person. You'll be more uh, blessed and get more opportunities when you live in your own truth and be who you are yeah. versus trying to do what other people are doing because you really have no idea how they got what they got and what they're doing to keep getting what they're getting <laughs> I'm talk about it you know you can rent luxury items right about this this photo shoot that you can do on a private plane and the plane don't take off and you have all these people on these jets talking about this and that and this is how you level up they rented that you know that's a good point that you made because you know you see a lot of people taking pictures (laughs) on a private jet and people automatically assume oh they have a private jet or maybe they can afford to um, fly in one to wherever they're going but but like you mentioned that I totally forgot about that that you can like you said you can rent it just to take pictures but just think about if you did that like I mean hey if that's what you want to do well go ahead out there whoever but for me I'm just like I would just feel kind of like silly (laughs) me personally going on there just like I want to be able to ride in one fly in one because I can do that financially, but yeah. just to take a picture just feels kind of, and I think, I guess sometimes people can compare it to, well, well, how is it different than taking a picture anywhere else? Well, when you post it, you're making people think that this is yours or this, or you financially can fly in private jets. Then you're not authentic and you're not being real either. And you're trying to gain more, I guess, business or popularity, just trying to uh, create this lifestyle that you're really not living outside of Instagram. (laughs) It it hurts my heart to see it. It really Yeah. It's it's just so much less, it's less stressful when you just live your life and don't compare yourself and don't be in competition with anyone else because you're going to stress yourself out trying to live up to certain lifestyles that's really not yours. Now, if you want to have a private jet, that could be yours. Yeah. You can, you have to, just like you mentioned, manifesting, you can say mm-hmm. it, but not trying to spend money that you really don't have just to live this lifestyle. So I love that. Yes. All right. So the last question here is advice. So a lot of times we are asked, you know, what advice we would give to our younger selves, but I want to know what advice would you give to yourself right here in this moment this could be financial or any type of life advice right now i would tell myself to breathe cry release it and keep going Mm, i love that i need to hear that too we all need to hear that i hope you guys were listening and writing that down because anytime you have a moment make sure you do all those three things so this has been such a good conversation and it goes by so fast and I wish that we could talk all day yeah definitely gonna have to do this again Uh, but before you go I would love you to let us know how people can connect with you how we can support you and your business thank you if you want to support me for free please follow me on instagram um, engage with my content. My Instagram is Yasmin Bedward at Yasmin Bedward, Y-A-S-M-I-N-E, Bedward, B-E-D-W-A-R-D. Um, and if you want to support me with a coin, honey, uh, you can purchase my <laughs> ebook. You can book a consultation call with me. I can get your brand, your business all the way together. You can buy an Instagram audit, all types of things. I have lots of things, uh, lots of different price ranges available. Um, And again, I provide a lot of free content on my Instagram. So please follow me there. 
Yes. Thank you so much, Yasmin. I appreciate your time, all your knowledge. Thanks for sharing some of your story. I was blessed with it. And I know so many other people out there are going to be blessed by it as well. So make sure you guys go to her website, go to her social media, connect with her so you can level up in your life personally and professionally. And this is the end of the show, but before I go, I just want to encourage everyone out there to just take it one day at a time, take real action in your lives, put yourselves first so you can live the lifestyle you desire. And as you navigate through your financial journey, don't wonder what if, take a risk and have an amazing week. Financially free with Cleo.